I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast. This podcast is where we share our stories of black excellence as part of our digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rasham. And I'm Liv. And today we're talking about microaggressions in the workplace. Before we get into today's show, we have a little announcement to make. Shan, do you want to tell them about our first meetup? Um, so guys, we've got our first uh, Dope Black Women meetup. It's called the Christmas Link Up. Be there or be square. Thursday, 19th of December at 8 p.m. at Cottend. So if you want to come, just email us at dopeblackwoman1 at gmail.com. That's dopeblackwoman1, the number one, at gmail.com with your name and number. We're really looking forward to this. It's the first time where all of the dope black women are coming together. We're going to have icebreakers. We're going to have games, drinks. And it's going to be Christmas. And it's going to be Christmas. And it's going to be cocktails. Cocktails, crackers. <laughs> Christmas is my favorite time of year, so Same. I'm really looking. Oh, yeah. Same. And carnival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't forget carnival. So Christmas, so Christmas. Okay. What is she singing? It's in bear like. I hear those sleigh bears calling. Hey, hey, hey. Wind it up, wind it up, wind it up. Okay, so microaggressions. Mm. So to provide a definition, microaggressions are an unconscious expression of racism or sexism. They come out in seemingly innocuous comments by people who may be well-intentioned. And today we're going to talk about our personal experiences and how we think everyone can best address and deal with these kinds of issues in the workplace. And I think microaggressions come out in the workplace and it's really difficult to navigate because there's always kind of this push and pull of trying to climb the ladder and be successful, but then still also maintain your own integrity and standing up for what you believe in. And sometimes that's compounded by the fact that you're the only woman in the workplace or the only black woman in the workplace. And that adds a whole level of frustration to the working environment. There is pressure to fit in. There is pressure to have something in common with other people. And then you still have to face up to the unfair stereotypes the sweeping generalizations and just not being able to be your complete self. And I think that's a really tricky thing to do. So guys, do you ever feel like you can be your complete self in the workplace or do you feel like you're always hiding a little bit? I feel like in my current job, I definitely can. 
But then I feel like because of how I am naturally, I'm always myself in most places, just maybe like, I got like social anxiety. So like, if I'm not my full like loud and not boisterous, but whatever self, it's normally <laughs> because of like my anxiety as opposed to it being like, I'm trying to tone myself down. So when I worked somewhere else before, where I experienced a lot of microaggressions and I was like the only black person on the team, I was still very much the person that I'm in the current team I'm in now, where it's like lots of black people. So the character, if there were to be like, name was Shannon five words, to both teams would get the same <laughs> words at the end of it because I was ultimately the same person. That takes a lot of bravery though. I feel like sometimes when you're in the workplace and you are, like you said in your previous job, kind of one of the only black women, not only the only black person, but the only black woman, it's hard to be yourself because then people are constantly questioning you, right? Or mm. wondering why you're behaving in that same way or wanting to label you as either the angry black woman or the loud black woman mm. or the woman that, the black woman that wears tight clothes but because she's full of shows. to come into work every day and have to put on this mask and then go home. For me, that's just not a nice way mm. to live. Yeah, in my experience, it definitely depends on the office and who's around me and the demographic of the office. Um, but generally speaking, like Shan said, I try and keep as authentic as possible. It's like if we get on, we get on and I can have a laugh with you and I can banter with you regardless of, you know, you may be like an older white guy and we could still have like banter. But at the same time, it's like there may be certain things in my head that I'm like, I'm not going to bring this up because of how it might be perceived. Mm. or I'm not going to use this language because of how it might be perceived. Um, but I also think there is a line to tread between professionalism anyway. And mm. I think that's something most people do. It's not always like a race thing. And I remember an example, like an office I used to work in where I was like the youngest person there by like quite a majority. And, like one day someone was like, oh, you know, like how was your weekend, Olivia? What did you do? And I was like, I got drunk. I went to the club. <laughs> and this woman took me aside and she was like, you know, you probably don't want to be saying this in the office because of, <laughs> of how it can be perceived. And after that, I was like, oh, like, yeah, I have to, these people aren't your friends. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, you can build friendships in work. But it's, it's but colleagues first. It's colleagues first. And like, you may have friendships with like, individuals, like me and Roche. <laughs> but like, you're not friends with every single person in that room. Yeah. So like, be mindful of what you say. But at the same time, when you feel more of a connection with those people, it definitely helps. Yeah. It's interesting because, I, I mean, I guess all of the jobs that I've had up until the one that I'm in now, I've kind of never had to work as part of a team. And even before I started working officially and I wasn't working as part of a team, I was in academia. And even within that, you know, you do a lot of work by yourself. And so the types of, I would say, microaggressions that I was dealing with, I didn't have another person in the workplace to like, talk to or mm. to share that experience with or to say this is how I feel because I was always either the only minority and definitely in most spaces the only female so I think a lot of it was just like me going home and as Shan said kind of putting on a face a little bit mm. when I was in the space and trying not to be seen so much mm. And then there's the power dynamic. So you're constant, for me, I was constantly surrounded by white older men because I used to be in the philosophy department. So white older men who were constantly critiquing my work. And so it's like, let me just take this L 
<laughs> go home, cry about it, but not make it show on the outside because I knew that nobody was going to care. And mm. I don't know if you guys, when was the first time you guys ever experienced microaggressions in the workplace? Like, did you have somebody to talk to? Was it just you on your own? How did you handle the situation? I think for me, going back to the first episode about identity, a lot of my first experiences were actually at uni. Mm. So it wasn't really a workplace. And I think from that, it then shaped how the manoeuvred being in the workplace. I can't remember the first example, but I definitely remember the first time I looked up the word microaggression. Really? And I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, as you explained to the beginning, I think what's really interesting is that usually it's, like, well-intended. Mm. It's very different from, like, just straight-up racism, where someone, like, maybe calls you a name or says something that is, like, if you wrote it down, you could clearly see how this is offensive. You can, like, go to HR with it. It's, like, microaggressions are a lot more, like, beneath the surface mm. and part of a wider conversation. Yeah, I think that's the tricky thing about microaggressions and this specific type of prejudice or racism is that it makes you question yourself. Mm. You're like, is it me? Am I overreacting? Because I've heard this, like I've been at work before and it came back to me that someone else felt uncomfortable with a friendship that I had with another black girl in the company. And she was just like, you know, I don't I don't feel comfortable around those people. Mm. And yeah, (laughs) my name's Amber and hers is Michelle. (laughs) And I don't feel comfortable around those people. And, you know, it it makes me feel excluded and I don't know how to relate to them as if that was somehow our fault. And we had somehow actively excluded her just by. That reminds me of, you know, um, Shut Down by Skepta. And there's there's like, oh, a group of young men <laughs> dressed in black dancing on made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly, and it's like that's not my problem. Like, why does it make you feel uncomfortable? And bear in mind, I do take into account that, particularly in London and less, or in England generally, I feel like there are lots of people who probably have very little interaction with black people like there are one of the girls in particular that I know so used to work with she was from Devon and before she moved to London she had never really had any interactions with black people but I'm like no you're here you need to actually make the effort to educate yourself Mm. to learn to move forward do you feel like that's our responsibility to tell our work colleagues how it is that we're feeling or do you think that that's their responsibility to come and talk to us about it well, and have you ever had to tell a colleague about their parts? If someone's making you feel some type of way and it's continuous and you don't say something and it's a microaggression and we've acknowledged that microaggressions aren't direct racism and they're normally well-intended, then if you don't tell them, it's never going to stop the cycle mm. and it's never going to allow them to be able to like make better decisions and better choices. So you're kind of doing a disservice by not telling them. But I think that if you make it your priority to tell every single person and every single time and to like be the microaggression cut down later or whatever you want to call it yeah? <laughs> you're gonna be like having a headache every day you're gonna be depressed from all of it like that's some what i mean too woke with certain stuff because mm. every day is like this line. is the problem that's the problem like it's just too much and it's just like how do you know when's the right time to do it like how do you know if the person's going to be receptive you know there is that whole thing about having to choose pick and choosey battles yeah mm. well, i think it's mm. a thin line because sometimes You know, like you said, it is kind of like, if I don't bring this up, then it may happen again. 
And it's like, I'm the person who's living with this vim. Mm. Like they have no idea. And usually you bring up to the person and they go, oh my God, I'm so, so, so sorry. Like that wasn't my intention, blah, blah, blah. And usually it ends pretty well. So if you don't have that conversation, you never know. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, I wasn't employed to be head of equalities. Like, do you know what I mean? That's not in my pay grade. <laughs> it's not my, do you know what I mean? It's not my job to fix like the diversity of this office. Mm. And it is a lot of emotional labor. No, it is 100%. Because going back to that same story I told before with the lunch. You was, tell it again. With the lunch thing. It's, that was long, but. Oh, tell like a, a <laughs> snippet of it in just summary, in case. Every yeah. single day for like three weeks, this girl was asking what I was eating and it was just getting out of hand. And it was the only, it was, she was only asking me out of everybody on this like group of 10. Go back to the first episode, guys, if you forgot. But um, Go and look back and listen if you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but basically, like, with that, I felt like, because I was getting, I felt so upset by it, I had to say something. Because otherwise I would have continued to be upset. And then I would have fed into the stereotype of the angry black woman. Because my reaction would have been a, a character that I wouldn't have wanted to display. Mm. Because it was becoming frustrating. It was like, I'm going to look... It's hitting one o'clock. There's a text in the group chat. What time are we going? One day, and I'm like, okay, be prepared to ask, be asked what you're going to eat today. Mm-hmm. How you're going to respond? Like, I should be working. Why am I worrying about how am I going to respond to this silly little girl asking me this question? Like, it was draining. And that's why I thought, okay, cool. Let me talk to her. I tried to do it in a friendly setting when we was drinking, make it into banter, and nothing was working. Which is why, in the end, I ended up removing myself from the situation so she could see how serious it was. If after that she didn't stop doing it, I would have gone to HR. Yeah, no, for sure. I. <laughs> It's tricky. And I guess I always feel like I have to tell my coworkers or just white people in general if they've done something wrong. And I do take up that kind of mantle. But then there's other times where I just know that it's not worth it. So I remember I was in a meeting once and we were talking about, um, you know, how to best, best service the community. I usually work in local authorities. And there is this Irish woman that was there and, you know, she has kind of antagonistic relationship with me oh gosh (laughs) and so i basically in the meeting i was like look we're basically talking about young black boys and we need to be very wary and very careful about how we interact with them and engage with them and who's interacting with them and who's engaging with them because we need to build trust etc etc and she was like well you know I'm Irish and I have faced racism and I just don't see color (laughs) yeah she dropped that I don't see color and (laughs) in the moment I wanted to be like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) but I waited and I I didn't want to be the angry black woman so I waited and then I pulled her aside and I said hey Sharon, that's not really her name, but I was like, hey, Sharon, you know, (laughs) (laughs) hey, you know, this is one of those things that I need to explain to you because I don't think you understand what that means or how it's interpreted when you say I don't see color. And we sat and had a discussion and she was like, but I'm Irish. Wait, done? that was her answer? Yeah. So you see this sort of thing? that got a scratch in my head. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that we've both faced oppression and therefore our oppression is obviously no, the same. Like so she my, must my know how back. I feel. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. My mum's auntie, sister's uncle's cousin's nephew's <laughs> wife is black. Shut up. I am black. Luckily black. Fuck off. No, oh, exactly. So also, the whole... I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but the whole I don't see colour argument is so wild because it's like, well, first of all, you do. Like, I don't know who you're fooling. (laughs) And then secondly, it's like, you may not see colour, but I do. Yeah. (laughs) 
because I'm affected by it on a day-to-day basis. Like. So you need to see color if you're yeah. going to see me. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing. This is the Dope Black Women Podcast. So what do you do when you're in that situation? Like, do you escalate it to your manager? Like, The thing is, no one wants to be a snake. You that's don't. the I it, like, right? That story I had in my old job. Um, we, there was a group of us. There was a group of 10. So like all the young people basically stuck together. So because of that, if I snaked her and it creates a, a weird dynamic, the whole group is now going to be... There's an atmosphere. In shreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So even for me to stand up, st- like make a st- statement at the start by saying things, it was tense for the entire group. So when I started speaking up, I was winning everybody's love, not just hers. Yeah. So in that scenario, it's very uncomfortable. But then but going back to what Liv said about um, you're not the equality leader, representative, whatever you said, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there is an avenue that we could consider taking by emailing HR and saying... You know, I've experienced certain, not calling anybody out, I've experienced certain things and I feel like the team would really benefit from a, a well-being session around equality and diversity in the mm-hmm. office, mm-hmm. around microaggressions. Because then if the, if the HR person isn't taking that seriously and that's basically all their job is, then we need to go to, 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 to courts. <laughs> we need to get our money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've definitely worked at a place that did not have an equalities HR policy at all. Like oh they didn't in even have one. Yeah, in big big two thousand. Well, I don't. I wasn't working there in two thousand and nineteen, but oh okay, it was the before. But la- definitely yeah. within the last five to ten years for sure. Not ten years. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do remember uh, one of my colleagues actually escalating something to her manager, who of course was white. Um, and it was something that was affecting the entire team dynamic. And as a result, she actually was asked to take leave and everybody else kept it pushing. So there is this thing. It's like, yeah, you want to be part of this group dynamic. You don't want to be a snitch. But at the same time, nobody's looking out for you. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's I think it's tricky. Like, where, what do you do? Do you I report it or? Also, it's hard is because when that, so when that whole food thing happened, that's when I first like, experienced what the hell microaggression was and kind of understood it. And then within that, I kind of made it into a banter because I had no choice because I was mm-hmm. just be tense all the time. Because like, I remember one day we were all at the pub and someone was like taking a picture and I was like, say cheese. And I like, they're like, say ginger beer. <laughs> 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 it's funny now because the video on my phone is so funny. And we all just shouted ginger beer. But like every time I was in the photo, they would say to shout ginger beer. <laughs> and it was, I don't know, why the fuck? But like that was like, it became a microaggression. So every time like, but basically what happened was after that incident with the people that wasn't causing the problems, we used to do that microaggressive like banter. Mm. So they'll say, say things like, say ginger beer, and we'd all just boss up laughing and say it. And I'd be like, oh, you little microaggressive shit. But like, it became like something that was, there was a level to it. They'll only do it in that com- mm. comedic sense. But after that, nobody ever did micro, like there was no- Because they got it. Form of, because they got it. So like sometimes it's so dependent on the situation because that one person out of all of those 10 white people or non-black people, caused an issue but the other nine people got it and made it into a joke so that Mm. it kind of just made it be that's interesting actually because i feel like for me i've never been a part of that culture where you're expected to like go out with your work colleagues and have a good time go to the pub every friday and i feel like (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I feel like you guys are way more sociable than I am. So you probably would go to the pub with your colleagues on a Friday night. No? I mean, like, (laughs) I I definitely. Liv's is like, I do. Tell us. So, like, before, when I was working in an environment where I was, like, not only the only black person on the team, but also the only young black person on the team. And, like, if they're like, oh, let's go get a drink. In my head, I'm like, feels like work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I've spent enough time with you people. And this is my free time now. But it's kind of like, I don't know, obviously, in Roshan's example, she's lucky that those other nine people got it and it became a joke. Mm. But sometimes you just have to keep it pushing and realise No, but I like, wasn't going to the pub with them all the time. No, no, but even at work. I said I was one day, honey. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. But like, sometimes you have to remember, like I said at the beginning, you know, these people aren't your friends and you don't have to get on with them. You don't have to like them. Like, you just have to be civil with them. But that is a very big part of, well, I get the impression that that's a very big part of British culture is yeah, that your I workmates mean, like, are your friends. Is, I think, I think and it's, it's five days out of your week. Yeah, I think it's hard because like when I started every job I've been in actually, but particularly the last one, which is where a lot of my examples come from, I remember like, even the first week and it was like, it was all new started, like 10 of us. I said, you guys are my colleagues and not my friends. Mm. And they all took it really personal. Really? By the end of the year of our scheme it was on, I said it again and they got what I meant. Mm. Because by the end of the year, I actually made some friendships out of that. And like now, I always, we've got a group chat that we, everyone talks in every now and then. And I'm like, how many people do I actually see still? Because you guys are my colleagues. And, my, and they get it. But at the start, it was really like personal. But because I set that boundary from the start, there were certain things I wasn't expected to do. So when they were always going to the pub, they would always invite me to come, but I didn't want to go. I always I think I always made sure I was busy after work, whether I was going to the gym or going out with my actual friends. I was doing stuff. But then I think it's hard because when you work in a creative industry, you need to kind of go to those events to move up. So you need to go to yeah. those events to network. So mm-hmm. it became a situation where I was like, I don't want to go there, but sometimes I'm going to have to go there. So I used to be like, if someone was leaving or someone's birthday, I would attend. Or if I just kind of felt like it, I would go. But that, the latter didn't really ever happen. And most of the time, I had one friend that I was really close with, and they used to bribe me to go. They'll be like, "I'll pay for your drinks if you come." <laughs> and when they did that, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm coming." But like beyond that, it was just a drag because I think as well, because these people aren't your friends, the conversations you have with them aren't conversations you necessarily want to have. So like when you're at lunch with your work colleagues, that's work conversation. It's not the same topics or dynamics or there's not the same banter they're gonna you have. Feel a vibe with them. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying that like, with people that are like strictly work colleagues, yeah, yeah, yeah. the conversations you have at lunchtime aren't the conversations you're gonna, you actually genuinely want to have, but it's having it because that's the box you've been put in, that's the yeah. not on your team. Yeah, like sometimes I've gone to the pub mm-hmm. after work with people and we talk about work, and I'm thinking, bruh, like. You don't get down, get a headache, you get home, and you work, 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 work. But um, a lot of it, I think, is confidence as well, and like having that confidence to be yourself in any environment, regardless. Mm. So, like, in the job where I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. I remember going to a Christmas party, yeah? And it was <laughs> it was at someone's house and like the music was just like, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of some old Christmas songs. We're the ones that are just like, holy spirit. Like, and everyone was like sitting around like, mm-hmm. and then like, I was like, this is dead. And I put on Whitney Houston. And I was like, come on, everyone. Like, let's get up. And they're like, feet. look at this like, black girl. Like, <laughs> look at her playing like that black music. Who the hell like, is Whitney? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, but hell. like, everyone loves Whitney. But like, the thing is like, I was myself, but I made it work for the environment. Mm. Like, I wasn't about to put on trap music. 
Whitney was like the safe Whitney's middle like ground. The safe middle ground where it's like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm enjoying your like holy classical music, but I'm also not expecting you to listen to like drill and like hip hop. So it was like, let's put on some like disco. So it's like, being authentic and being yourself, but also recognizing your environment. Yeah, it's mad. So then everyone was kind of like a bit more hype, people were energy, people were dancing, people were like, this is the best Christmas party we ever had. <laughs> so, it's actually so funny because that reminds me, yeah, because where I used to work before, I was the only person that drove. And like, where I, I didn't work in London, so I could drive like to the center and drive home. So when we do like work after stuff, I'd always be driving and sometimes I'd drive people home. And I had to get a, play- I had a playlist that's in my phone now called Work Block. Oh that shit. I my car because I have to make sure the music can vibe with them, innit? And they'll be like, oh my gosh, she knows the song, you know this person, like, shit. It's like, wow, it's I kind of know who the fuck it's I was be in the car home and like, mm-hmm. Just checking out the driving, but I didn't know the song, but they loved it. I'm not going to lie. We have like a group chat at work just for the black people at work. As I said, there's only like six or seven of us. But you're going to be like two. That's not a group chat. (laughs) But every time we have a work do, like we have a Christmas event coming up and everybody's like, are you going to the Christmas dinner? Are you doing this Christmas Santa, secret Santa? And I have to message in the black group chat to be like, so how many of us are going? And if less than three of us are going, I'm not going Mm. because I just don't want to. It's tiring. I'm tired. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. This is the Dope Black Women Podcast. It's nice that you and Shan have each other, actually. Like, to commiserate. Only for like three weeks. <laughs> she's gone. Yeah, I'm moving on to another job. Oh, no. But, you know, like, I feel like the relationship we build will live on. Well, and we're still working together yeah, in this capacity, Wednesday, so you guys will still have to every have each Wednesday, other. And it's out every Thursday. So download the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we can still see each Subscribe, other. Subscribe, <laughs> review. But um, do you guys have any more examples? I have loads. I mean, I'm sure between the three of us, we have loads of microaggressions. But I'm interested to know how we all cope with the microaggressions. Like, how have we responded to them? Is it that we have people like like you guys have each other so you can talk to each other is it that you eventually go and snitch like what do you do when you're in a situation <laughs> no um for me it's always been about just having an honest and open conversation because in my head it's like at the end of the day we're adults and i can tell you how a situation makes me feel and whether you choose to acknowledge that or not it then becomes your problem mm. it's like i've done everything i can deal with in this situation yeah the reason i wanted to ask if you guys have any more because i just for an example and it's so funny now it wasn't at the time but looking back i'm like i did nothing wrong <laughs> so basically um my mum bought me a really nice designer bag for christmas and like i'm not really a bag person um so like in my head i was like this is like never gonna leave the house like this is my special <laughs> bag and like after like six months it like started gathering dust and I was like okay I need to start using this bag and like I don't really go out out enough for it to be like my going out mm. bag and I think even when you go to like dinner or whatever you kind of want like a small clutch so I was like okay I'll use it as my work bag because it was like A4 yas yas put my notepads in there <laughs> like a professional working woman so I take my nice designer bag to work here and the woman who sits next to me spilt coffee on it. <gasps> and like, it's coffee in it. It's not water, it's coffee. Coffee stinks as well. <laughs> Let it be any other drink that stinks. And it stinks. I got to go home stinking and sticky. So like, I was like, oh. and I kissed my teeth. 
<laughs> and it was such an initial reaction. I didn't even think about it. I kissed my teeth. I've never heard you do that before. And that, <laughs> <laughs> I have now. <laughs> and so I like got up, took my bag, ran to the toilet, you know, tried to like wash it as much as I could, came back, sat down. She apologised. Was that right after? I mean, like, it's not the same, but it's not like bad. Yeah. Only if you like knew there was a stain there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so anyway, she apologised. I thought it's all good, it was over with. And then, because this person sits next to me, we had built quite a decent relationship. It's like we chit chat throughout the day, someone will offer someone tea. After that, it's like, she did not speak to me for the rest of the day. Like she didn't even make eye contact with me. And I was like, okay, I've got to address this. Like, and so took her to like a separate room and I was like, hi, name. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just like, what's going on? Like obviously there's some kind of tension. And she's like, I just feel like you were really aggressive earlier. And I just- Oh my God. I'm like, I just feel like, you know. I roll. It's just, you know, really unnecessary the way you reacted to the situation. Okay, give my bag back. <laughs> and, then, and like, I ended up apologizing. Oh my God, no. And like, in my head, looking back, I'm like, I never would be in that situation again. But did you explain why you reacted like that first? No, because in my head I was like, she's never gonna get it. Okay, fair enough. In my head, she doesn't even understand what kissing teeth is. Like, yeah. she doesn't understand. Yeah, so and that it's not through her teeth. Because <laughs> it's not actually an aggressive response. It's, it's just like, like it's, oh, I can't model. Like yeah. It's literally like going, oh, and like why people love going, oh. <laughs> so, but like. <laughs> I was like, I never want to feel like that again. Or mm-hmm. I come away thinking, why did I apologize when I don't think like I've done anything wrong? So after that, it was like, let me tell you where I'm coming from. So then there was another scenario, this is like maybe two, three weeks later, where some woman touched my hair. Like it was literally Ooh. like, it was a like, can I touch your hair? I'm already touching it situation. And I took her aside and I was like, look, you need to understand why this isn't okay, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean any offense. And I was like, cool. And then it was done. But if I went into that thinking, oh, I have to be careful of her feelings and how this is going to come across. Like, I don't feel any better out of it. Mm. So I left my coffee bag situation and I have the proof. (laughs) But yeah, it's just kind of like, I think we spoke about this before, but that whole thing of putting white feelings first mm. and in my head I'm like I don't want to do that again I'm not going to put myself in that situation but I think going back to what you said about um like being the only black person in the space yeah I feel like for me, for me what I find works is like going on a class level so if everyone in that space is white or non-black I naturally gravitate to the person that's working class mm. or who's more like me whether it's from the music interest whether it's from how they dress there'll be some sort of connection that we have and that'll build to a rapport of it so surprisingly, the girl who kept asking me about my food, <laughs> she was one of them. We lived in a hotel for six weeks together. So that made us be like really, really close. Mm. So I thought we had level, that's, that's why when it came to that situation, I was able to talk to her, but obviously she got too close and thought we were besties that you could be one of them jokes and you can't. So yeah, that didn't really work. But I think it comes to like a class level. Cause like there was a guy who I was really close with, who I'm still closer to this day. Uh, we both went to the same college. So that was like, 
our rapport connection and yeah. then we just we both like, had the same banter we both had the same like everything and then he was like he's how old is he he's like three years younger than me but he's still like one of my best friends now see it's interesting because i feel when i first started working at the last job that i was at i remember the first person that i met was a white girl and she immediately took to me and we started hey, chatting sister. yeah and she was just I like <laughs> chopping it up about you know ex-boyfriends and cheating and just like normal girl stuff right mm. stuff that you can relate to and then her best day, I guess, at work was what? off no she was like on leave as soon as she came back she was white leanne did not exist anymore and I was just like, and not only did I not exist anymore, she would actively ice me out mm-hmm. and she would actively make comments on the things that I would wear coming into work. So I wear a lot of African print. I wear, I have like, you know, my Africa earrings. I have Ghanaian print. I have trousers. You, so you know good. what I mean? Culturally yeah. <laughs> and I'm not one of those people that's only going to wear that stuff on during Black History Month or on the allocated day when somebody tells me that I can Stay wear it. Stay black. <laughs> Unapologetically. Black and black. <laughs> black over old Spanish. <laughs> And I was like, it's so interesting because for me, particularly surrounding like white women and black women within the working relationship, it's like, why do I bother to make these connections when the first thing at the first opportunity you're going to chastise me about the way that I dress or the way that I look or making an ignorant comment when you that you actually know is ignorant or that you know that you probably just could avoid. So what, what type of stuff do they say about the clothes? Just like, oh, you're very colorful today, but I'm wearing <laughs> black and gray. But it's African print, but it's black and gray. Or how do you manage with those earrings in your ear? Don't they hit you in the face when you're walking around? I hit you in your like, face yeah. around. How about that? <laughs> They're too bright. How about my clothes are colorful and it's black and gray, is it? That's what I'm who's saying. Like, white, so who's more colourful me? I still have to. No, sometimes you have to challenge it back. Your fluorescent white skin is <laughs> is blinding me. <laughs> she said, "I want to go there." <laughs> no, but it makes me mad sometimes, and I'm like, "B, like, don't talk to me about those kind of things. It's not, you know, it's not your place. Mm. Even if you're going out of your way to be PC, just shut your mouth." As opposed to saying something that you also, know might very well offend with me. With the clothes thing, you know, actually chatting shit. If you was wearing an African print and it was like the green, yellow and red one that I was yeah. seeing, cool, I hear it, you know. But if it's black and grey, you're actually not even making sense. Like, in your brain, when you formulated that sentence, it didn't even correlate. Do you get but it? also, you're not complimenting me. You're actually saying, ooh, look at this bright... I've had so many people say to me or not to me specifically but I've been in a workplace where I've been like where somebody's wearing something colourful and they're like I don't get why black women wear red lipstick or I don't get why black women wear such bright colours and I'm like (laughs) scientifically contrast is attractive like you and your white skin and your (laughs) sorry your fluorescent (laughs) your fluorescent hair don't tell me that I don't look good in white because I'm dark. That doesn't make any sense to me. So it's things like that that happen in the workplace that make me just kind of withdraw altogether. Mm. As I said, the comments and the stereotypes and just things that come out. I'm sure you guys have seen this stuff in the media about like Meghan Markle and the kind of journalistic comments that have come about. Mm. But it's this constant kind of like, I remember I was in the workplace one day and well, this didn't actually happen to me, but it happened to a friend of mine and she was in her lunchroom and two people walked in, kind of unknowingly, not really paying attention to her. And they said, oh, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. And then the person was like, yeah, I don't know how these Africans do it. And she literally was gobsmacked. And that goes beyond microaggressions, right? But yeah, I think sure. it 
can be classed as a microaggression because they didn't realize that she was there. Yeah, and then it when- It wasn't said to her face. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it was racism behind the back. Exactly. It becomes like an okay thing to do because journalists and politicians are making the same kinds of comments in real life, right? Mm -hmm. Boris Johnson has made comments about black pickaninnies, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that kind of commentary is accepted or justified by popular consensus, by journalists, by other white people, and they're not held to account. So I don't know, what do you guys think about ignorant comments that are made in relation to black issues, like the whole all lives matter versus black lives matter or the Meghan Markle thing? Going back to what you said about because people in the limelight say it, then normal average people think it's okay. I guess like what we've seen is like, as long as you apologize, then all will be forgotten. It's like, as long as I make a public apology, it's all good. And I guess like, that's all well and good, but if it happens in a work scenario, then it's like, what was the point of even apologizing? It was just for show. I think in my workplace, I know this is the same for Roshan, because we work in journalism and in the media, it's like these conversations come up, but they're framed as like work related. Mm. So like someone asked my opinion on like Black Lives Matter, someone asked my opinion on like politics, like it's always framed as like work related. Um, so it doesn't feel like it just comes out of the blue. But at the same time, if the only thing you're asking me about is black stuff, mm. that's when it feels like, okay, like, I do have other interests. Like, and do you <laughs> say that to the person or do you just kind of like answer and keep it pushing? Sometimes people have come up to me and be like, oh, you know, Olivia, I'm um, working on this story about black people historically running for government. You know, do you know anyone good to speak to? And I'll be like, well, politics isn't really my area. Yeah. And that's like the end of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of putting them in their place and realizing like black is not like a subject. Uh, but I like think black it, could be everything. It's hard though, I find the balance. Like I remember when I worked at my old job and I had, there was a girl and she's always asking me black questions around like black issues or blackness. I think it was because she wanted to become educated. Mm. And it's kind, of, it's kind of like, where's, where better to learn about the experience rather than direct from the person is from? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think she lives, like, out of London. She went to a uni, um, I think she went to Cambridge or Oxford, which was around, like, elite, top tier of, like, white people. So when she was then around um, this team of 10 people, she became really close with us. So I think when she was asking us questions, it was more of her understanding this new friendship that she's formed. Mm. So, like, I remember one day she's like, I want to ask something. If you feel offended, you don't have to answer. Oh, gosh. But how, how does weave work? And I explained it to her, and she's like, okay, cool. I can get behind but I, that, but I knew that when she was asking me, it was genuinely, how the fuck does we work? Yeah. Because when she's in her... When we're at work, it's herself, me, and the other girl. And basically, I used to... Well, I wear weave, like, like, every other month. And me and this the other girl wanted the one that was mixed race. She That's not to, your natural hair? No, they were common that. Oh, my God. She wanted, get, she wanted to get weave. So we're having conversations about where she get a weave from... We're always having a conversation as a free and you're excluded because you can't mm. understand what we're talking about. Of course you're going to want to know. Do yeah, you know no, I mean? that makes sense. It's like when I was at uni with my um, friends who, well, at uni, all my friends were um, like African. When they were talking their language, sometimes I'd be like, what does that mean? Or when they'll be like, oh, I'm making jollof and then I've got to make stew. I'm like, what stew? Like, what, what do you mean by that? Because it was always just this red soup thing. I don't, I didn't get it. <laughs> no, but do you mean? Oh my God. I, I no, but do you get it? But it's, it's same, you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. saying it's stupid, but it's not. It's, you, I saw you put the tomatoes in there. <laughs> <laughs> you blended it and put it into a bowl. Like, it's jello. Don't lie. But the point is, the same, the same, like, 
approach that I'm using then to ask them about why this red thing is in this, it's the same thing she was doing with the weave. Yeah, I think it's about the approach that you take, right? So it's someone like... else came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, you've got this long curly thing in your hair. How did that get there? That's very different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes in a work setting, like you said, it's like this person has these expertise and I'm going to go to them because I'm working on a story and I want it to be authentic. I get that. But I guess, you know, Leanne, like you said, it's about approach. And when it's just like, I guess when it feels like you're just using me for information mm. and then it's like done and there's no credit mm. or there's no thank you or there's no, it doesn't feel like a two way street. It just feels like I come to you when I need information about black people. And that, other than that, we don't speak. And that, like that that opinion is representative of every single black person sure. that they like will I come into. I have to remind people like, this is just my opinion. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't represent every single person. The whole person. of the black people. Yeah. And especially like even the phrase like when people are like, oh, so the black community. And I'm like, well, people what is that? People don't say white community. Take that chat. So as you guys might know, the Dope Black Chat section is where we share our topics with the online community, whether that's Twitter or Instagram or a WhatsApp group. And so this time we shared the topic of microaggression and we wanted to get some of the experiences that other women are having and how they choose to deal with it. And let me tell you, some of the responses that we got were extremely wild. Do you guys have any that you want to share off the bat? I think my favorite is, um, oh, sorry, wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <Now what? laughs> so actually one person in the group, she is in her 50s, Nigerian woman. She's probably like Shan's complexion. And she used Shan to- is a beautiful <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> No, give it context, it's true. (laughs) And so they kept mixing her up with this girl who also worked in the same area, but not part of the same team. So just to give it context, as I said, 50-year-old Nigerian, kind of my height, so like 5'7", 5'8", but they would constantly mix her up with this Caribbean woman who was in her early 20s, was like (laughs) 5'11", had like double G size breasts. <laughs> like her breasts are massive. <laughs> and they'd always be like, and they have two very different names. Like one name is very British sounding. Let's call her Elizabeth. And then the other one is like Oluwakemi, you know? So it's like, you're calling Elizabeth Oluwakemi, even though they A, are two different ages, B, two different complexions, and C, two different heights, two different body shapes, like every, there's nothing remotely similar about these two. And they just kind of waddled along, like they didn't really let it bother them. But I kept saying, no, that's the wrong person. You've been working with her for two years and you still don't know who it is. That's crazy. It's a mad one, like I don't know. (laughs) The thing that I find craziest about this stereotype that like black people look the same is that like white people look (laughs) the same. No, but seriously, if you put 10 black people in a room, I guarantee they would have different hair types, different complexions, different like shaped bodies. If you put 10 white people in a room, probably at least four of them would be blonde and five of them would have blue eyes. And I mean, 
Do you know, it's just, it's a weird argument. I don't understand where this argument has come from because like, I don't Yeah, there are the so evidence. many different <laughs> shades. There are so many different body types. Like when you, even when you talk, there's so many different hair types. Like how is it that you have 10 black people, as you said, and you can't tell them apart? There's this girl in the WhatsApp group who basically said there's a lady at work who's super inappropriate and always out of time. And she said whenever she comes by her desk, so whenever she comes by the person's desk, she calls her extension to get her to go back to her own desk and then hangs up the phone every single time. <laughs> I was like, she calls her back. She leaves, she leaves the desk. She asks for tea and two sugars, no milk. <laughs> But she's back, way, way back. And she's already back. And she turns around. But how could she call her? She's on her desk. When you say call her, do you mean physically call her? Like, hello? Or do no, you she call calls her, like, her on the on phone. What? Why the phone of her? She's put her phone down. Leave it on the desk. Carrying it around. How big is the office? You're not working here, but your phone's your hand. <laughs> I still don't get it. <laughs> Guys. Wait, do it. Okay, let's do bit. some role play. Do it bit by bit so I can process it. Because right now, I'm lost. So the woman says, come to my desk. Yeah. She walks past the desk and then she goes, fuck off, that's your own desk. I'm going to call you. Is that what she does? No. So basically, the woman will come over and talk to her. Like, if you're coming over to talk to me oh, and I see her. I'm going to yeah. talk to you. Wait, yeah. is Rashan the white woman? Rashan is the white woman. So I'm white. And I'm, so I'm Rashan, guys. And I'm you're always black. saying inappropriate things. <laughs> and I'm always saying mad things. And I'm going to go over to your desk. Yeah, you're coming to me. And yes. as soon as I see you coming over to me, I pick up my phone and I'm like calling your extension. And you're like, oh, shit, my phone is ringing. So she goes back to answer oh, her phone. <laughs> Okay, so you the black woman are yeah. now calling her because you see her approaching you. No, 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 no. If, listen, if me you are in the office, yeah. Imagine where we sit. You know that you know that team would be still those sweets. Yeah. So imagine there's someone over there. Let's say, but in the real scenario, okay. this person's like they make weird like, microaggressive comments. They're a bit racist, whatever. So every time we see her walk into our desk, we call her phone so she has to go back and pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she She's also clearly she dumb as rocks. Like <laughs> she calls them private. Also, imagine being like hello, and someone hangs up every single time. I'd be like, what the hell? I've done that before, though. Have you done that before? No, I've never done that before. Person's background. Here they are. Sometimes. Rashad, let me not bait her out. Actually, I will. <laughs> Sometimes Rashad does this thing. Say she's talking to someone who we want to use as like a contributor. <laughs> if the person's boring, she'll just hang up the phone and be like, oh, sorry, bad connection. Oh, no. And we're cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the end. No, I do that all the time. And Sometimes then she sends them an email. Like, oh, sorry. So she doesn't have to do the rest of the call. No, they're boring. Sometimes they're boring, man. <laughs> oh, Sometimes gosh. I'll be on the phone with my friends and they'll be talking to me and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll be I'll use my phone and press the off button that's on the side and pretend <laughs> like my phone has died and just switch it to off. I do it all the time. I put on airplane mode. Yeah. Five minutes later, sorry, my battery died. Sorry, my battery up. died. <laughs> and I'm known for my battery dying. So everybody believes this and I'm just like, no, I just was tired of that's hearing so your voice. Funny. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I like this idea, though. Let's do a little bit of role play. Okay. So let's pretend like I've come to you 
Shan, let's start with you. And, you know, you've just done a presentation at work. Is Rashan white? No, I'm white. Okay. Shan is Shan. Okay. And Who I go, am I? Well, someone in the audience at the presentation. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I go, Shan, mm. that was so amazing. Thank I mean, you. I just, I'm so surprised by how articulate you are. Which I mean, you, you speak so well. Why did I not speak well? You know, I just, it, I mm. just didn't expect that, you know, someone from... Your background. Yeah. Would... From England. Someone from England. <laughs> What? You're from England? Yeah, I was born here. What? So, no, but where are you from? No, I was born here. No, my, but where are you really from? No, yeah. I was here. My mum was here. My nan was here. We all are here. So you're not from Africa? No. <laughs> How? I'm from Shirley. <laughs> Sorry. Germany. <laughs> Shirley. Shirley? Yeah. Is Shirley place in South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go on to Google Maps and send you the location. <laughs> Imagine if someone did that to me. Do you know what the thing is? Sorry, sorry to. Um, it sounds like I'm going off topic, but I'm going to come back. I'm one of those people. It's all in my expression. I have to just stare at her. <laughs> what do you mean? Just give her a stare. No. Have you heard of Shirley in Africa? No, Shirley is here. It's Sorry, like, I would. I have to make it into banter. I think. I, I think when I'm when I'm in awkward environments, I think I always turn it into banter. So I'd have to somehow turn it into banter mm. because. Otherwise, my response is going to be considered rude and I'll no longer be articulate. <laughs> so. Have you guys ever had the opposite? Not the direct opposite, but to do with like language and dialect. Yeah. So, like, I remember <laughs> in this office um, and there was like this white girl joined and me and her were like roughly the same age. So it was like, mm, yeah, me and you, like we need to stick together. And so we had banter, like we had a good relationship. But like... She, to me, it was like, yes, girl, queen, yes, yeah. say. And everyone else, it was like, hi, how are you, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And like at first I let it go because it didn't really bother me that much. But then another black girl pointed it out to me and was like, name, you know, towards you in a certain way that she just towards anyone else. And like once I realised it, I was like, hmm, how do I approach this situation? Because I've let it go for like a good six months. I can't suddenly be like, oh, you know. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah, because also, like, I sometimes talk like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Oh, you're taking the piss, though. Yeah. Not as you being Olivia. Yeah. It's a weird scenario. Do you know what I mean? Because when I go, yo, yo, I don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my character that I go to. it's a weird scenario because I'm sure she sees that I use those words... And so she's like, okay, that's how Olivia speaks. Mm. So in order to make her feel more comfortable, that's how I'll speak to her. But, but I, think then it's it's all, like, I think it's to make herself feel more comfortable. It's to make her feel yeah, like right. I'm 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 black enough to be around Olivia. Right. I feel like it's more like that as opposed to being like anything else. Because mm. you're not you, you clearly feel comfortable with why you're communicating with her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's I think it says more about the person than it does around you. It's like, for example, if you go into a place that's um, predominantly white and then you start doing things to conform, whether it's how you speak or the the clothes that you put on because you knew you was going to that space, that's to make yourself feel more comfortable. That's not to make them feel more comfortable. They're white. They're still going to feel fine when you're in that space. Do you get what Mm. I mean? I feel like it's more to do with that. Do you guys ever get the age thing? Like, you look so young. Like, I mean, how old are you, really? I mean, I'm 25, so... <laughs> you look six! <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I feel like, no. well, I'm obviously older than both of you. So I'm 35, and I definitely get the 
oh, you don't look that age, you, you know, that know, kind of thing. You I know. But you got a man in the back don't crack. Hello. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say to them. I'm like, well, black don't crack. Oh and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what do you mean on crack? <laughs> Black people on crack. Oh no, Julie, Julie. Stop the 80s. They're on crack again. They ran around. I swear to God, that's what they do, you know. That's actually what they do. But also, it's that thing of like, once you bring up the word black, and they're like, oh, this is colour. I can't say white now. Nah, they're mad. But it's true, and in some ways, because stereotypes that are positive are still problematic, right? Because you then make the assumption that all people are like, it's like the black guys have big dicks thing. I mean... That's a stereotype. It's a positive one, but then it also consistently sexualizes the black man to the white woman in particular. Sure, but saying you look young isn't a sexualized thing. No, it's not a sexualized thing, but it's also like one of those things where it's like, oh, you look so young. So now, even though I am older... I am one of the younger people in the place that I work. And then it allows them to treat me like I am not worthy of the middle management or the senior management position that I'm in. You know, so it's like, oh, you're the young black girl. So literally in the workplace that I'm in, I will walk into a meeting and I'm always the only black person. I'm not part of senior management, but I sit in a lot of the meetings. I will walk in and everybody will be like, morning, Julie. Morning, Sarah. I walk in and it's just like nothing. Because I'm the That's young really black genuine. girl that nobody needs to be respectful really? of. That's yeah, hundred percent. Uh-uh. I was expecting you to be like, "Hey, I'm yeah. gonna be like, walk one leg, walk yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's to see, no, not at That's all. So Literally, rude. I will be ignored. And That's so rude. Do you even cry? I'd cry. <laughs> Okay, it's a joke. It's all banter. If I'm walking into a room and no one's acknowledging me, but acknowledging everybody else, even if even if that room was all black, if I, it's like when you go into a space. Or like you're around someone you don't speak to anymore or anything like that and you say hi and someone is, mm, are you mad? Yeah. What's, mm, speak. I generally so just it's kind such, of, such a, it is, it's no, it's incredibly rude. That would really upset me. Yeah. Mm. And I'm very big on disrespect. Like we can be cool. We can be cordial as long as you respect me. You don't have to like me, but you have to show me respect. And it's mm. frustrating because I can't act out as we've just pointed out because I can't be the angry black woman. I can't talk to my manager about it, even though I do. And he's like, oh, I understand. It's not because you're young. It's not because you're black. And he just doesn't. It's also because know, then. It's just the culture, the work culture, apparently. Okay, The racist work culture, exactly. The work culture exclude me. Exactly. But if you don't know the answer, maybe HR will. Yeah, no. I need to be Sally in HR because I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 because I actually feel quite upset. Do you know how rude that is? Does that happen often? It happens often enough, yeah, that I can't ignore it. Do you say oh, hi? No. Have you tried saying hi? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Not, not anymore. Oh, so yeah. you used to say hi and did they take hi back? No. Or they would kind of like nod. And that includes black men. So I work with a few black men, mm. uh, particularly social workers. And a lot of, so every now and again, we'll have a male social worker walk into one of our meetings and all of the white women are very happy to greet him because a lot of the senior management are white women. But when I walk in, it's a completely different story. So even within that, when we're talking about things like intersectionality and stuff, it's mm. not just the fact that I'm a woman, but it's the fact that I'm a black woman. And that makes a huge distinction as well. I think... We've all established that being black in the workplace is ridiculously fucking hard. And even though it's not our responsibility to take up that kind of role of being the spokesperson for our race and you don't want to represent your race as a monolith, 
it is important to call out people on their behavior and their actions. And I mean, what's one way that we can do that? We can set up the situation like Sean has done in her situations where she's literally explained it to the person, explained to them if the shoe was on the other foot, this is how they would feel. For the record, there is an informative BBC video. Tell them what the video is about, essentially. So the video is by, um, I think it's BBC Ideas, and it's basically like an informative video that explains what microaggressions is, and it kind of teaches you about how to navigate it in the workplace. It gives you a bit more examples of what microaggressions can be like or feel like. So, if, for example, if you don't feel the ones we did today were ones you can relate to, there might be some in the video that you can relate to as well. So if you want further understanding, you can check it out. As usual, guys, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify or Apple. And connect with us online. We are Dope Black Woman 1 on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, we're just Dope Black Woman. And just a reminder that our WhatsApp group is very open to the public. It's not some secret society <laughs> that like we talk about and you guys are like, oh, what's that? I wish I could join. Please join. You can find a link to it on our Instagram page. Yeah, definitely click on the link to the Instagram page if you're interested in joining the WhatsApp group. And don't forget, we have the Christmas link up December 19th. Yeah, yeah. Cottons. Come on. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Make sure you're <laughs> be there. Be square. <laughs> Cocktails, guys. Cocktails. That's not a sudden point. I don't know what is. Rum punch is the one at Cotton's, by the way. Until then, stay unapologetically black. All the way black. Blackly black. Blacktastic. <laughs> <laughs>